You are now listening to the Inner Circle Podcast Network. everybody buongiorno a tutti ni hao motherfuckers and konnichiwa bitches welcome everybody to the abacabo cafe podcast i'm your host jason almy i want to thank everybody for listening for the last several weeks i really appreciate all of the feedback that i've heard from everybody and today we're going to be talking about television episode six that kid's my rival the midterm exam of love originally aired on may 11th of 1987 this episode was directed by Nakamura Koichiro and written by Ohashi Yukiyoshi. So we've got a new writer this week, a new director this week. This is the first episode directed uh, by Nakamura and written by Ohashi. Now, of course, the episode begins with Kasuga being late. This is meant to highlight his unremarkableness, maybe even his laziness that becomes a theme uh, he's not doing something impressive like waking up at dawn to exercise or study or like practice karate or something that might actually be of use to him this episode. He's laying in bed until his sisters leave for school without him. We get a moment where Kasuga's father also drops a little bit of exposition. This is something that uh, Kasuga's dad, Takashi, is known for in some of these episodes. He drops a little exposition to uh, set the stage for whatever um, maybe subplot is going to be involved or what, what, whatever kind of conflict we're going to bump into. And Casca's father, of course, reminds him that if you skip breakfast, the power that you're not supposed to be using anyway will certainly not last you throughout the day. And surely this has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. So it's a little bit of an odd piece of exposition to come from uh, the father, Takashi, who has this whole rule against using the power in general. Um, and at least Takashi realizes that after Kasuga leaves. I mean, by that logic, Takashi ought to ban breakfast. He shouldn't let anybody have breakfast in that house because then they wouldn't be able to use the power. And then, of course, it doesn't happen that day. It's not till later in the episode, a few days from now, that that uh, Kasuga runs into that whole like power running out. But it, it's introducing a concept that really hasn't been explored too much in the in the uh, previous episodes, but it it does it is kind of a consequence that Kasuga 
usually Kosick, I don't think his sisters are really central enough to overuse their powers. But the idea is that the power is sort of like a muscle. It's fatigable. When you lift heavy things, your muscles get tired and eventually muscles even fail. There's a point in time where you can no longer produce contractile force with your muscles. So um, this is what's known as like a positive muscle failure in, in something like uh, strength training or sports training um, where you, you, f- you actually fail to perform a lift or an exercise because the, the muscles literally fail. The power is like that too. It can be overexerted. Maybe it can be strengthened in such a way too. Like when you, when you perform strength training and you take your muscles to failure, they become stronger over time being weeks and months and years. Perhaps the power functions like that. We don't know for certain, but what we do learn in this episode is that the power is a uh, finite resource, just like our muscular strength is at any given moment. We have only a certain amount of muscular strength so too does Kasaga have a limited and a finite amount of power that he can use before he exhausts or he he taps that resource and um, he's not able to use anymore until it's sort of, sort of like a video game, I guess. It's like mana in a video game. This uh, episode is famous for introducing a very important supporting character uh, in Hino Yusaku. Uh, he is... Certainly not as important a character as Kasuga himself or Ayukawa or or Shikaru, and that's why he's being introduced here in the sixth episode and not the first episode, but he's an important supporting character, and you're going to see a whole heck of a lot of him um, from now until the end of the series. So this episode is important for setting the stage for him and introducing uh, his motivations and... um, his, his various uh, disposition towards Kasuga and his particular skill set. Now, what I really did love, particularly coming off episode five, where Kasuga was following Ayukawa to kind of see where she was going, Yusaku does the, the old sneaky sneaky on Kasuga in this episode. And um, all I could think of was that scene in, in The Dark Knight Rises where Batman says, So that's what that feels like. Now, Kasuga, despite being adult, he actually catches on immediately that he's being followed, and he does, for his his part, he confronts Yusaku rather confidently, rather assertively, um, but that's short-lived because Yusaku is able to bend a metal pole with a single punch. I mean, he just hits that thing, and it, it just curbs. He almost knocks it down. This is, again, kind of like what I discussed last episode where I talked about this sort of hyperbolic animation. It's kind of Looney Tunes-esque where it's not, it's not something that would happen in the real world, but it's meant to, it's not really meant to reflect reality, but it's meant to impress upon the audience how intimidating Yusaku seems to Kasuga in that moment. It's really sort of filtering this, this moment through Kasuga's... Um, subjective experience and we're able to see Yusaku do these incredible feats that are, are are not really physically possible, but certainly possible in an animated work. And um it does impress upon us that that Yusaku is physically he is um superior. He is uh his physical prowess is second maybe only to Ayukawa's in this uh in this program. Now, Kasuka from the get-go makes an assumption that Yusaku is talking about Ayukawa, and it's a sure sign of Kasuka's priorities. He prefers Ayukawa to Shikaru, 
Uh, it also shows that he's insecure regarding Ayukawa, which we knew from the previous episode, but it's sort of continuing Kasuga's feelings of, of insecurity regarding Ayukawa. Um, he assumes Shikaru is kind of safe in the sense that nobody's really trying to take her away from Kasuga. Th- this is kind of the setup to some of the conflict that runs across this episode, is that uh, Kasuga at first fundamentally misinterprets Yusaku's objectives. I also never understood why Kasuga immediately presumes that his ESP power is no match for Yusaku's physical prowess. We do see the two matched up in a future episode. You guys won't have to wait too long, but I'll I'll say no more for the the sake of spoilers. But we do get to see the ESP go up against um, the the, uh, physical kind of karate powers of of Yusaku and, and how that would maybe play out if Kasuga were feeling a bit more assertive with his own with his own um, family power. It's also notable that in the next scene, Komatsu and Hata are having a rare bit of luck with the twins in this episode. They're sort of sharing, I guess, study notes. It's midterms season in uh, the Japanese uh, school system. So, of course, May is like finals for us. Um, but but uh, for, for the Japanese school system, of course, they're doing their midterms. This is kind of more mid-year for them. And so everybody, the theme of the episode is everybody's studying, everybody's cracking the books, and they're sharing their notes with the underclassmen, the twins. And the twins are seeming to appreciate uh, Komatsu and Hatta's attention in this sense. And Kasuga understands exactly what their angle is immediately, and he objects. And so I think here it's striking Kasuga that he has a number of young women in his life, Ayuko Ashikaru, his sisters, the twins, Manami and Kurumi, and he's got a try to kind of run um, interference on all of them. If you want to get with them, you got to talk to Kasuga. Now, in, in the next scene, Kasuga sees Ayukawa radiantly. There's this bright background. She is literally sparkling in his eyes, like he sees the sparkles coming off of her hair or whatever. And he's admiring her in this moment. And it's obvious that he's admiring her in this moment with the way that the artwork is drawn. But he, He's admiring her ability to perform well on these midterm exams without lifting a finger to study. They're just assuming that she's already learned all of this. She's got it all in her head. There's no need for her to even crack a book. We're going to find out uh, in just a moment that that's not right. She does study in this episode, but almost more as a favor to Kasuga. I mean, almost as as a pretense to hang out with him, not so much because she needs to study, you get the sense that she might have a, there might be a little bit of benefit tutoring him and kind of going over it again for her, but you don't get the sense that she really needs to. She's kind of doing it for Kasuga. It's a good excuse to hang out with him every day up until midterms, and um, that might be her motivation for that. Now, um, Yusaku is played for comedy pretty early on here. It's just his second appearance on screen after his first little um, introduction with, with Kasuga in the, in the street that morning, he's sort of spying on, on uh, Shikaru and Kasuga in the, in the library. And he accidentally bumps into their shelf as he ducks behind it. And all the library books start to fall down and he manages to catch them all, right? He doesn't have ESP power the way Kasuga could catch all of the dishes in the previous episode, but he, he's got this kind of um, martial arts sort of physical ninja gymnastic skill where he's able to kind of stick a foot out and both arms and his head and ca- catch all the books. But he's he's in this contorted position that's obviously um, 
disadvantageous. Uh, and, and he's sort of grinning at the people looking at him like, what is this idiot doing? Um, so he's immediately played for this, this uh, physical comedy, like despite being this uh, karate master who could kick everyone's ass, maybe except Ayukawa, he's still like sort of this goofball. And I think, you know, it, it might be because he's a guy and, and as we're seeing uh, men are often played for this sort of physical comedy in this, in this show they have these moments of um, kind of clumsiness or 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 uh, absent-mindedness that result in some like physical pratfall or or um, something else happening to them. So that it doesn't matter that he's a martial arts master; he's still kind of a goofball at times, right? And that's what this scene kind of tells you. That's what that moment tells you. Kasuga and, and Ayukawa are studying at Abakabu every day, leading up to the uh, midterm exam. And fucking Abacabo ain't doing shit for business this week. I, I mean, the one employee is just sitting there cracking a book, studying with uh, this guy she might like for the whole afternoon. And I don't see nobody coming in there. Or maybe Costco forgot to switch the menu numbers back from the last episode and everything's still like mad expensive and no one's going in. I don't know. But Abacabo seeming dead. I don't know how Master's able to keep the doors open on that place with a week like this. So importantly, both women invite Kasuga to study every day until the exam. Importantly, he doesn't say no to either one. He says, yeah, I mean, he sort of tries to shake Shikaru off, but he can't tell her no. I mean, even when he tries to kind of discourage her, shake her off a little bit, but he can't say, no, I I don't want to do that or no, I can't do that. So again, this is Kasuga being a combination of of weak-willed, and I mentioned people pleaser. He's a people pleaser, and I think that's that plays into his his nature and the reason why he's perceived as spineless. And in some cases, he is being spineless, and he's not able to assert himself very well. And so this kind of becomes the first episode where he has to juggle competing commitments to Shikaru and Ayukawa. So he uses the power to finish up with his tutoring sessions with Shikaru and then uh, immediately get to Abakabu. And it becomes some point of consternation for Yusaku, who wonders why he can get to Abakabu so quickly. But his inability to say no to one of them, it shows his spinelessness. It also shows that he doesn't want to disappoint either girl. Again, he's the people pleaser. He probably wants to study with Ayukawa a little bit more, but he really couldn't say no to Shikaru when she pressed him. Uh, This trope is something that I felt like was a little overused in the manga where he was kind of juggling both women and he'd be using the telepathy to go back and forth. But um, it's it's something that gets pared down a little bit with the with the anime being a more distilled version of the story and, and several chapters left out. It's nice that this isn't overused because this is a chief use of the power because re- juggling commitments requires him to use the power. Uh, and it also results in Kasuga's eventual exhaustion because he can't keep it up. He has to learn the hard way that he can't please both of these women. There's also a prominent KFC statue in this episode. I guess I always thought that was kind of silly. I thought they got KFC statues in Japan. That's like a thing. They got the Colonel Sanders statue in Japan. And and apparently it is a thing. I mean, if you search the internet, you'll see they've got Colonel Sanders statues in Japan. And I just thought that was kind of like a kind of cool, fun quirk, I guess, of Japan until until I moved to New England, there is a, a KFC, the, the one nearest to uh, my house, has 
legitimately has a statue of Colonel Sanders sitting on a bench. It's a life-size statue of Colonel Sanders sitting on a bench in the in the lobby of the restaurant, kind of behind where you would stand to to order. And I almost never eat there because it's it's you know it's KFC. It's not the greatest uh, for you. And I study nutrition, so you know I can't be caught dead in that place. So I almost never eat there. So I always forget about this. And so like the one time uh, each year that I'm in there, it freaks me out every time I shit my pants because I'm like oh. Sh- Oh, it's just a fake person. It's like a fake. Because I always think there's like some weird, creepy old guy right behind me. And at the end of the day, I got to say, this episode had to have been sponsored by KFC of Japan, right? The episode number six of of Orange Road had to have been sponsored by KFC of Japan. Because that damn mannequin shows up twice. Kasuga even thinks it talks to him the second time, which is kind of funny. But then Takashi brings KFC home for dinner because he says he loves their mannequin that much. Like, I love this mannequin, so I got to... We gotta eat fried chicken for dinner tonight, kids. It, I, it works, clearly. Now Kasuga, in his in his tutelage of Shikaru, he winds up parroting Ayukawa's tips to him, and so it's sort of cute that he copies her. She has this sort of lasting effect on him. She's on his mind. It also shows that he's not much of a student. He's got to copy this stronger student in his class. He is as dependent on Ayukawa in this way as he is on Manami in order to make his lunch or or clean up after him. I'm sure Manami does his laundry as well. It's a little unmanly. It has the it has the effect of of making Casca seem a little bit boyish. Like he's not taking care of himself. He's not um living on his own. He's not independent. Uh and so there's a little bit of that too. It sort of has the this diminutive effect on Casca's character. And he even understands that he's parroting Ayukawa. I mean, this is, it's sort of played for comedy as well. Like, see how vapid I am. I'm an airhead. I don't have a thought of my own. So I'm just going to repeat what uh, Ayukawa tells me to Shikaru. And that's going to be the extent of my tutelage. But it does set up a parallel. As I said, he can't say both women do invite him to study together every day leading up to midterm exams. And then as Kasuga sort of, um, becomes this middleman for Ayukawa's advice. It sets up this parallel where he's he's kind of working with each of these these girls, but one of them is helping him, and and the other one he's maybe helping a little bit. We don't really find out how much he he helped Shikaru. We we don't get any clue at the end of the episode, kind of where she landed in terms of of uh, her ranking on the tests. But it is really kind of a neat symmetry for this episode and and sort of how that triangle is sort of balancing itself a little bit uh, in these earlier episodes. And Kasuga's overuse of the power, of course, just as his father Takashi warned, his his overuse of the power is beginning to exhaust him. It taps him. And um, it it also sets up the excuse for him to not study, not apply himself as maybe he should have to studying for his midterm exam. So he's not going to get the studying in that he should have because he's exhausting himself via the power. And uh, what's interesting to note, I think, is that Yusaku seems to immediately understand that Kasuga is into Ayukawa. There's that uh, kind of midpoint in the episode where Yusaku uh, confronts Kasuga and he, he tells Kasuga he's going to have to hurt him at some point. 
But he says, I know what kind of person you are. You're the type of person who toys with other people's feelings or something along those lines, toys with other people's feelings. And so he seems to understand that Kasuga is, is, is sort of stringing along Shikaru and or Ayukawa, that he's sort of messing around with both of them and that maybe both girls have some sort of um, misunderstanding about Kasuga's true nature and his true feelings and that Kasuga's actual motivation is more self-serving. And and so, of course, that gives uh, Yusaku kind of this righteous position of judgment over Kasuga. And um, it reminds Kasuga that he's, you know, in, in some ways, under certain lenses, he's kind of being a little bit of a lowlife. And, and so I think that line is going to be important, but it, it's also kind of notable that at no point does Yusaku ever tell Shikaru, like, there's no point where Yusaku rats Kasuga out for some reason. He, he seems to keep that secret. It's a, a little bit weird, but it's, not, it's also not immediately clear to the audience that Yusaku is ostensibly interested in Shikaru. I'll tell you why in a few minutes I said ostensibly. Akasuka immediately presumes that Yusaku is a rival for Ayukawa's affections. It does become clear to the audience that Yusaku is into Shikaru when he approaches her kind of clumsily a little bit after the midpoint of the episode. He he sort of tries to talk to her, but he's not being his normal. Uh, we're used to Yusaku being kind of assertive. I mean, he sticks his finger in Kasuga's face, and and he's um, he's pretty... He's pretty uh, assertive when he speaks to Ayukawa, but but in in the first moment we see him try to communicate with Shikaru, he's obviously unable to do so due to his nerves. And so it becomes clear for us, the audience, that he has a different approach with Shikaru, and he feels those those nerves that that don't allow him to communicate as clearly as he does with other characters that he doesn't that he doesn't care about in that way. Um, a first-time viewer might think that he was approaching Shikaru here to rat out Kasuga, but um, I, I don't even think that's super likely. I think, for the most part, we're going to realize here. But Kasuga doesn't, and he's he's not there to witness that interaction. And and so it sort of makes Kasuga seem a bit daft that he's the last to realize that Yusaku is actually in love with Shikaru. And until nearly the end of the episode, he thinks that Yusaku is after Ayukawa. Uh, it's it's about here in the episode that Ayukawa asks Kasuga if he's hiding something from her, and we get a little bit more of this uh, sort of duplicitous behavior from Kasuga that sort of stems from him being a little spineless and a little bit of a people pleaser. He responds to her with a, a non-answer. He says something along the lines of, why would I be hiding anything from you? She asks him a yes or no question. He doesn't answer her with a yes or a no. He kind of dodges her. He evades her, he doubles down on his own evasiveness rather than fess up to Ayukawa that he's also studying with Shikaru. Uh, so he's concerned that Ayuko will become upset if he cops to studying with Shikaru. So instead, he tries to hide it. This is why people think he's spineless. I mean, this is evidence of him being spineless. He's trying to hide something from Ayukawa. She's actually completely right when she asks if he's hiding. I mean, she intuits Kasuga very, very well. And I guess he thinks he's being successful in, in hiding something from her, but she's obviously, she's seeing right through him in this moment. She's just being polite about it. And Kosky even admits to himself in the, in the next scene that he's worried Yusaku will tell Ayukawa that Kosky has been studying with Shikaru. 
not the other way around. He's not worried about Yusaku telling Shikaru that Kasuga is studying with Ayukua. Um, so that shows his priorities again. He's not really thinking about Shikaru as much as he is about Ayukua first and foremost. And Shikaru is sort of um, out of sight, out of mind here. He's not so worried about damage control with Shikaru. He's more worried about damage control with Ayukawa here. Kasuga's mental image that comes next of Ayukawa and Yusaku bathing as kids takes on this slightly different art style, which is kind of one of the notable visual characteristics of this episode. There's not a whole lot of uh, artful imagery in this episode. Maybe that earlier image where Ayukawa is like literally sparkling in, in Kasuga's eyes. But here we we have sort of a special... Um, uh, stylistic um, change where the characters and objects in the on the screen are being rendered kind of as if they're they've been drawn by a child. They're not totally childish, but it's sort of like um, Elmo's World style, you know, like crayon. It's a little bit more. Um, it, it's just a little bit more childish. Uh, it's not. It's not novel. I don't think this is the very first time that we've ever seen that technique been done before, but it's a good way to communicate the context of these images. I mean, um, keep in mind that in a previous episode when Shikaru was showing Kasuga the pendant that Ayukawa got back for her, we see the flashback. We're shown, the viewer is shown the flashback of Ayukawa and Shikaru as children when Ayukawa uh, gets that uh, retrieves that pendant for Shikaru from the bully kid. And, and that scene, importantly, is not rendered in this same kind of uh, childish script or, or childish scrawl. It's uh, it's rendered just like the rest of the, the episode would be. The art style is the same. It's got a red tone and a red hue to everything, but um, the, the, the actual style doesn't really, doesn't really change. Whereas here, it's just a short scene and it's all occurring inside of Kasuga's head, but it's sort of drawn in this sort of light uh, style and this this kind of blocky animation uh, where the the movements aren't fluid and everything sort of bounces around. And um, it's a good way to communicate the context of these images that he's kind of imagining this childhood scene, but he's imagining it the way a six year old might draw it. It's pretty. It's a pretty uh, nice touch, I guess, for for the director and the animators to add. Now, just after Kasuga sees Ayukawa on the roof with Yusaku, uh, Kasuga races over there to see what's up. Yusaku and Kasuga lock eyes on the stairway, and uh, Yusaku kind of smirks at him from up above. And then it cuts. Interestingly, uh, it cuts to just a few seconds of a baseball game, kind of seen from afar, almost like we're looking at the baseball game from a, a window or something like that. Just long enough to see the pitcher pitch the ball. And then it cuts back to Yusaku's face, and, and him and Kasuga are still having their stare down, and we hear the ball connect with a metal bat, a hit. Um, so it, it kind of with this, it, it's, it's likening the rivalry between Yusaku and Kasuga with a game, sort of as an analogy. Baseball, which in Japan is known as yaku, is tremendously popular. So this is a sensible analogy. Again, baseball's huge in Japan. Um, although I doubt it was a reference to Yusaku potentially scoring with Ayukawa because, uh, the, the, the American metaphor of, of like bases, baseball bases being, um, sort of stages of a sexual relationship doesn't really, that doesn't really hold in Japan. I mean, you don't really see that they, the previous episode, the ABC 
D is kind of more of the the metaphor that that the Japanese would use for that kind of uh, sexual progression. Um, so I don't think that this is was meant to be as a reference to Yusaku potentially scoring with Ayuko, but I, I do think that it's included there as a, a, an analogy for this kind of rivalry between uh, Yusaku and Kasuka, that it's likened to maybe like a sports rivalry. I mean, I know schools like Georgia, Florida, I went to UGA uh, for my undergrad degrees. We hate the Florida Gators. It's a huge rivalry. Um, it's not something that ever goes away. And so this could be a way of sort of setting that up with that sports rivalry metaphor. Now, Ayukawa does eventually learn that Kasuga has been tutoring Shikaru, much to Kasuga's dismay, but she lets him off the hook. He was really, really worried that she would find out and that shit, oh my God, I'm going to get it. That's, I think what he says, like uh, his voiceover then says, you know, oh my God, I'm in for it now or whatever when she finds out. So he's really worried. He's sweating bullets, but she just lets him off the hook. She, she winds up preparing for him yet another notebook with um, some curated study materials that are targeted at the type of questions that they're going to be asked because she has a good a knack for that type of thing. She's got a sixth sense for, for um, not the kind that Kasuga has, but she's got a sixth sense for what kind of questions she can anticipate the questions that they're going to be asked. But instead of studying it, he's just so relieved that she let him off the hook that Kasuga just passes out. There's a scene that I think is also notable towards the very, very end here where after he falls asleep, he passes out and he doesn't do any studying the night before the test, even though he should She's at home talking to herself in her talking to her reflection in the window, and she remarks to herself that that she thinks she may even have been a little too sweet to Kasuga there, that she let him off the hook maybe a little bit too easily. But I think it's it's a notable scene in that um we we don't see a lot of these characters outside of Kasuga. I mean, the the the, the Orange Road program is very much framed from Kasuga's perspective. So the scenes that that do not involve Kasuga that that allow us to see inside another character's head, especially, are are uh, very few and far between. So that's why I do believe that that this moment was notable, even though it was a really brief scene. We do, we do get to see Ayukawa outside of any uh, interaction with Kasuga as she reflects upon her own behavior towards Kasuga and. Um, maybe that she's not necessarily that she's coddling him, but maybe that she's, she goes soft on him because she's fond of him. Some kind of, some kind of fondness, uh, causes her to be, be a little softer for him. And so here we're at the end of the episode and I want to just drop, uh, I've been holding this off to the end of the episode, but I have a pet theory. This is a fan theory. This is not, I mean, I'm I'm going to support this with with evidence that I see in in this episode and, and future episodes. But my pet theory is that Yusaku has a latent homosexual desire for Kasuga, that even Yusaku himself is not fully aware of. It's subconscious. It's below, but it's there. It is for the same reason that Ayukawa likes Kasuga. And you guys who have seen the whole show, you know what I'm talking about. The genesis of this is in episode 47. I'm not going to say any more about that because I don't want to spoil uh, any future episodes for anybody who's listening along for the first time as they're watching the show. And I do, I have gotten some feedback from a few people that they're doing that. I love you people, and I'm going to do my utmost to never spoil anything for you guys. But those of you who are familiar with the, the, uh, 
the show and, and later episodes. The same reason Ayukawa likes Kasuga. I, I do believe that Kasuga um, has had a similar effect on Yusaku and that Yusaku is too young and he's too inexperienced to even realize this himself. But there's there's all sort of evidence that's coming out. Of course, during this episode, Yusaku follows Kasuga like a puppy. He follows Kasuga everywhere. He's not following Hishikaru anywhere. He's not following Ayukawa anywhere. He's only following Kasuga. So Kasuga, despite the fact that I, that that Yusaku thinks he's following uh, Kasuga because because uh, Kasuga is his rival for Hishikaru's affections, he's he's at the end of the day he's following Kasuga instead of the girl that he ostensibly likes. You should be following the girl that you like. Try to spend time with her, and maybe she'll uh, like you instead of this other guy. Why are you following the other guy around? Because he wants to follow Kasuga around. He wants to be near Kasuga. He's interested in Kasuga. He's interested in where Kasuga goes and how he gets there so damn fast. And an alternate reading of his important line, of Yusaku's important line in this episode, toying with people's feelings comment, we're supposed to, and, and on, on first viewing, we assume Yusaku is talking about Ayukawa or Shikaru, that Kasuga is toying with those two people's feelings, those two girls in his life, their feelings. But an alternate reading is that Yusaku is actually talking about his own feelings with that line, that Kasuga toys with other people's feelings, and that is why Yusaku is so offended, because his own feelings have been affected. So this is a pet theory that, I, that I've grown only in the last year or so, that Yusaku truly desires Kasuga, and uh, I think you know it, it has far-reaching uh, ramifications all the way forward to the ending movie. Uh, I'll explain that in the future, guys, because I don't want to spoil anything, but it reaches all the way forward. I will touch on it as another potential theme or motif. Anytime it's relevant to an episode, I will mention if Yusaku is is conducting himself in such a way as to as to display his own subconscious desire for Kasuga. Who's to blame him? I mean, Ayukawa likes Kasuga. Shikaru likes Kasuga. There's got to be something about Kasuga, right? I mean, he's there's despite being adult and not uh, physically impressive, there's got to be something about him, some, some magnetism about him that attracts other people. And why wouldn't that work on Yusaku too, right? It could be. Oh, yeah. I am a member of the Inner Circle Podcast Network. The Inner Circle Podcast Network is a network of just killer podcasts. They're all super entertaining, hilarious podcasts, free to listen to. Podcasts like The Hood Diner, Plunge Podcast, Failing Hollywood, Hashtag No Offense, HTN Nas, Simmons and More, or my other program, Shit Happens When You Party Naked. You can find that one behind the Team Almy Studios Patreon paywall. It's just too raw for the regular internet. Uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash team almy. And I would love it if you guys would go support team almy studios, the studios that brings you Cabo Cabo cafe. We're going to be doing some orange road themed, some Kimagure orange road themed special content for that Patreon too. We're going to do some episode commentaries guys. Uh, I think starting this summer, 
when I'm in between my semesters. We're going to do some episode commentaries. It's not going to be like the analysis that I'm providing here. It's going to be uh, more fun, just kind of like if you're watching the show with a buddy, what kind of things would you comment on? So it'll be a little bit different from this, where I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit more reserved here on this podcast, and I, um, I, um, I tend to conduct myself a little bit more professionally here. Uh, this will be a little bit more like we're just sitting around watching the episodes together. So we're going to be putting uh, some uh, Kimagure Orange Road themed stuff onto the Patreon, so it'll be very appropriate for you guys to join if you do decide to support Team Almy Studios on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash team almy go check out the other inner circle uh podcast inner circle network podcasts at innercirclepn.com i want to thank everybody so much for listening to this episode of avocado cafe i love you guys so much uh for listening it really does warm my heart uh like i said this is not a career for me uh this is a at best a side hustle a, a short venture But uh, I really appreciate you guys for listening. Please leave me a rating, a review. Um, I would really appreciate that as well. And it it does help us to get a little bit more visibility within the um, podcast apps that curate our podcasts. I have for you today a Future Funk remix of Night of Summerside. Let's uh, let's see. There we go. I'm going to leave you guys with this. Thank you 